Welcome to Trevecca Community Church's Sermon Podcast Series. Each week we'll be streaming our sermon from within the sanctuary just for you. we've gathered and we've opened the book of our story and we've read from the scriptures. So this morning from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. As to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we beg you brothers and sisters not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by spirit or by word or by letter as though from us to the effect that the day of the Lord is already here. But we must always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and through belief in the truth. For this purpose, he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by our letter. And now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and through grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope May he comfort your hearts and strengthen them in every good work and word. This is the word of the Lord. Just from right where you're seated, let's continue to sing together. In the darkness we were waiting Without hope and without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory To a cradle in the dirt Praise the Father and praise the Son.
was our salvation, Jesus for our sake you died. Praise the Father, oh praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. God Rebecca Community Church over the last 80 years, called together as a community of believers to worship and share life together. We have gathered from diverse walks of life, but share a common desire to worship the Christ of the cross. We have listened to sermons, recited creeds and responsive readings, read scripture together, participated in baptism and communion, watched videos and worshiped from our homes online. We have welcomed infants and new members and said goodbye to, for now to saints. We have seen sermons in chalk, oversized canvas paintings, waved banners and flags on parade, and seen the beauty of sign language. Our worship music has spanned many forms and styles as we raise our voices and instruments in praise and worship. We have been led in worship by pastors, missionaries, evangelists, teachers, general and district superintendents, students in training, lay leaders, song evangelists, song leaders, choir directors, choirs, and worship teams. Many images, names, and faces come to mind. We have responded in wor to worship in silence, song, written notes and quotes, corporate and individual prayers, storehouse tithing, faith promise, commitments, special offerings and sacrificial giving, quiet reflection, tears, spontaneous outbreaks of emotion, popcorn testimonies, running the aisles, waving handkerchiefs, Amens, hallelujahs, applause, altar calls, and sending out with blessing. We worship with all of our hearts, talents, skills, and abilities daily as the essence of who we are because of whose we are. I hope the future of Christ-centered worship will be a continually uniting experience in Christ as we come together to rejoice and respond to who God is, was, and will be to come. As we hear God's call to worship through the word, I hope that we will continue to respond in song, prayer, and communion, that we will continue to respond in, through affirmations of faith, testimonies, offerings, and much more. As God has gathered us together for the last 80 years, I hope that he continues to bring us together for many years to come until the entire body of Christ is gathered together to worship in glory. For the past 80 years, TCC has practiced prayerful listening by trusting in the promises of God. They are many, but one is ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened unto you. We came to this church in 1975, almost 48 years ago. We were worshiping up in the church, up in the top of the hill. We were growing, but there was no room to expand. We planned to build down on Murfreesboro Road and Lester Avenue, but interest rates kept rising. 
some families left to go to worship other places. We were kind of discouraged, but we believed. Jim, my husband, started an early morning prayer time on Saturday mornings. That was my one and only day of the week to sleep in. But we came at 8 o'clock, and we met with about 7 to 10 faithfully on Saturday mornings. We also sold bonds. Pastor Ed Nash told me later that he believes that it was this prayer time that we kept consistently, it kept us going through that time and got our church building. And we now can worship in this beautiful sanctuary. May we always, as a church family, keep praying and listening for God's direction in our lives. My hope for the future of prayerful listening here is that we would each grow to love the voice of God and that he would stir up in us a desperation to hear from him. And I pray that we not only corporately, but also individually would just become more and more attuned to the voice of the Holy Spirit and that we would intentionally disciple the next generation to do the same. And as we all grow in our capacity to hear from the Father, my prayer is that we would just come to know him more fully and love him more deeply and experience an intimacy with him that maybe we'd never even known was possible. And that out of that deep intimacy and out of that deep abiding, that we would love and serve and give and pour out our lives for the kingdom of God. And that revival would come to this church because of the revival that has happened in each of our individual hearts. We've been practicing formational storytelling these past 80 years by lifting the stories of missionaries around the globe and just up the road, by telling stories of transformation of those who've grown up in the church or on the streets, by telling the stories of grace found in the words of joyful songs, both historic and contemporary, and in the faithful testimonies of those both old and young, mostly We've practiced formational storytelling by simply telling people the story of Jesus. I hope the future of formational storytelling at TCC invites us to experience the wonder and joy for which we are made. People have been crafting stories and listening to stories since the beginning, and there are many gifted storytellers here on this hill. We are formed by stories as we embrace them as the children do, through play, trying on different roles like a costume, getting close to danger without actually getting hurt, learning from the mistakes of beloved characters, making sense of the wonders of this world, of ourselves, of God. We turn God's story over and over in our hands, peeling back the layers of lessons on honesty, generosity, grace, and on and on. 
Stories are where we are safe to wonder, welcome to question, and free to rest. For the next 80 years, my hope is that an entire generation will be formed by the story of God, one that was not just for one particular time and one particular place, but is in all time and in all space. was not as you see it now. It was a small community comprised of families associated with Treveca. The president, the faculty, staff, and students with families all lived in small homes within walking distance. Church ladies would prepare Sunday dinners planning to bring home hungry, lonely students. As the community began to change and the church grew, this current sanctuary was built under the leadership of Dr. Ed Nash to make room for more worshipers. Under the leadership of Dr. Dan Boone, there was an intentional effort to reach out to the community. 
Julie Runyon, our current children's pastor, developed a burden for the ladies of the evening on Murfreesboro Road and began to go out and find them, talk to them, and lead them to the Lord with the hope of changing their lives. King's Kids was begun, which is now Kid Power, as a way to minister to the children of the Napier community. This effort to bridge the church with the community was continued under the ministry of Dr. Randy Bergner, and in 1998, our name was changed from College Hill to Trevecca Community. Under the leadership of Dr. Dwight Gunter, reaching out to the community exploded. Tina Mitchell, our local dynamite specialist, along with Marvin Jones and Jammin' in the Jail, aided in Crossbridge becoming a dynamic ministry to newly released men and women and others who were striving for freedom from drugs and alcohol. That's just a tiny glimpse of our effort to make room in the past 80 years. I hope the future of making room will be a sanctified continuation of welcoming all who walk through the doors. Room in the Inn is one of my favorite missional practices. TCC has participated with Room in the Inn since at least 1988. Lee Eby was the pioneer behind our congregation getting started as he served as staff pastor at College Hill Church. Every year as I serve, I can feel God's hand upon us as each group of men come to stay for the night. Some of my favorite times are my interactions with the men as we pick them up, eat dinner, the fun we have watching football together, and the rich, at times, tough conversations we have as some pour out their hearts. For the first 80 years of its, of its existence, Trevecca Community Church has been bridging and binding community by running toward and embracing the people in our midst rather than running away from them. This church was founded on the notion that this community, the Trevecca community, needed a Church of the Nazarene to serve students, faculty, and neighbors. Our 80-year journey is a reflection of that core value. In the 1960s, when a young pastor had a vision to provide safe, affordable housing for retired ministers and seniors on this hilltop, despite vocal and vigorous opposition from many powerful voices, this congregation stood by that pastor it made the dream of Trevecca Towers a reality. In the 1970s, when we needed a larger building, at a time when inner city churches were escaping to suburbs in droves, we built this building on Murfreesboro Road as a beacon of hope and welcome to our South Nashville neighbors. May we cherish this history of being a people called to love and serve others around us. May we always be a place where there is room at the table for everyone in our path. I hope the future of bridging and binding community will be something that we can't even imagine today. May it lead us to become the bridge itself, allowing others to cross over, even for those we might, we might never see or know. The future may mean being a small piece of rope in the larger blueprint, letting faith be the strength that binds us to other pieces from end to end. I hope that we can lean into a level of humility that draws us in, that draws others in, a humility that doesn't seek community, but starts it too. But may we remember the communities we've had before and the ones we have now. 
and may we pray that their impact pales in comparison to what the future holds for us in the kingdom of God. An 80th anniversary is symbolized by oak. The 80th anniversary of Tribeca Community Church is marked by the same strip and rooted in its long-lasting love. Its branches reach to all nations, to all generations, not just to a past of equipping, empowering, and sending missionaries and Christian workers. In these 80 years, Tribeca Community Church has sent teachers and missionaries throughout the entire world and has given $1.7 million to missions. To God be the glory. You could clap on that one. $1.7 million. And its branches reach to a future that is filled with promise and purpose because God's church, God's church, Trevecca Community Church is stronger than the gates of hell and they shall not prevail against it. Thanks be to God. I hope the future of equipping, empowering, and sending will be a sustained practice of transformative wisdom and stewardship. I hope we strive to equip theologically and holistically, giving people tools and opportunities to shape their imagination and ask themselves, what might God be up to in my life? I hope we push ourselves to have an awareness and attention to the world outside our walls and seek to empower all God's people, whether they live in Mount Juliet, Leicester Avenue, Drexel Street, Franklin, Antioch, or Napier. I hope we have a vision for sending that extends beyond saying goodbye and staying in relationship with those who have a new ministry assignment. I hope we grow to know what it means to be sent every Sunday morning into our own lives, knowing that we are all called to be participants in the mission of God. Let's sing this chorus together one last time. Praise the Father. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Spirit. Three in one. God of glory. day to be surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. The passage that Dr. Boone read for us earlier today in 2 Thessalonians said that God chose you. That God chose you as the first fruits for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and through belief in the truth. 
And because God chose you to be the first fruits, that you must stand firm and hold fast to the traditions that you were taught. It occurs to me that being the first is not easy. I've heard that being the firstborn child is not easy, although I have no idea what that means. I'm clearly a, a youngest born. If you know anything about birth order, you can peg me perfectly. I, I have heard that being the first in your family to attend college can be challenging. Being the first among your friends to have children, being the first athlete to break a record, or the first scientist to discover something new, being the first person in the room to speak out about something that's not right, being the first person of color to lead this thing or the first woman to do that thing, it's not easy because when you're the first, you have to stand firm and hold fast when the rest of the world hasn't quite caught up with you yet. We took our kids out trick-or-treating this last week, and it was a blast. Our neighborhood loves Halloween, and they go crazy for Halloween. And the streets were filled with signs of orange and black pumpkins. It was absolutely everywhere you looked. There were carved pumpkins on porches and big blow-up skeletons in yards, wispy ghosts hanging from trees, all the classic signs of Halloween. But as we walked our cul-de-sac, trick-or-treating from house to house, we turned up the street and we saw a house glowing from the distance that didn't quite fit the rest of the Halloween decor. This house, as we drew a little bit closer, we realized it was lit up and decorated, but it was lit up in Christmas lights. And so we all got a little bit closer, very curious to try to peer in through the windows. And while we normally stood back on the street and sort of sent our kids up to the houses, all the parents got a little bit closer at this house. We were peering in the windows, and as we got closer, we realized that the decorations weren't just on the outside of the house. Inside of the house, there were, I counted at least, four different Christmas trees, all with a different decorative theme. There were nutcrackers stood up by the mantle and Christmas scenes on display. There was holly hanging everywhere, uh, lights and evergreen in any nook and cranny of the house. It felt like we had accidentally gone trick-or-treating at the house of Buddy the Elf. <laughs> and we were trying to figure out where we were. And if you stepped back on the street and you looked, it was such a strange sight because the houses on either side were decked out in orange and black. And then you've got the Christmas house right in the middle. It was like a strange sandwich. And a few of the adults stood back and kind of groaned. The things you can imagine us groaning like, oh, come on. It's Halloween. It's not Christmas time yet. Now, children, however, when we sent them up to trick-or-treating, children have not learned yet the art and craft of passive aggression. And so they just went right up to the door and said, trick-or-treat, why does your house look like Christmas? Isn't honesty like so refreshing? Well, it comes to, we came to find that this couple in the house, they own a decorating business. And they go from house to house to other people's houses decorating their houses for Christmas. And so for them, Halloween is an awesome advertising opportunity. They deck their house out and neighbors stop by and see that they clearly have more than enough Christmas stuff to share. And they are able to drum up really good business. 
And another, another way to think about it is their house is this shiny green and red beacon on the street reminding the whole neighborhood, it might be Halloween now, but Christmas is coming. Paul writes this letter to the church in Thessalonica to remind them that someday Jesus Christ, their Lord, is going to come back to earth. They might be persecuted today, but someday Jesus is coming back as Lord over heaven and earth, and when he does, he will put everything wrong to right. And on that day, the saints who stood firm and held fast will be glorified. The people who were persecuting them and deceiving others will be found out and Christ will hold them accountable. That day is coming, but it's not here yet. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to empower our lives to live today in the righteousness of Christ, meaning that we can live today like Jesus is already putting all things to right, healing the hurting, restoring the broken, making all things new in his image and in his likeness because he is. Like the Christmas house on the street full of Halloween decorations, we, as Christ followers, are living a little bit ahead of our time. We're living a little bit ahead of our time. We live in ways now that are a reminder to our neighborhoods that it might be 2022 now, but the kingdom of God is coming. Only we don't do that through mere decorations, stuff that's only on the surface. We don't need to plaster Jesus is Lord on everything we wear, drive, drink, and sit on for it to be true, right? It's not just a decoration for us. Paul says that we are strengthened by every good work and word. The practices of our lives reflect the kingdom that God is bringing. There are so many ways that Christians have described these practices in the Christian life over the last 2,000 years. For us here at Trevecca Community Church, we describe them as Christ-centered worship, prayerful listening, formational storytelling, making room, bridging and binding community, and equipping, empowering, and sending. These are the practices that shape us for God's mission, and they light up this neighborhood with a clear sign that tells all of our neighbors, it might be 1942 or 1962, 2002 or 2022, but the kingdom of God is coming. And we will keep doing what God has called us to do until Jesus returns and puts all things to right. So today, we have an exciting opportunity to baptize for believers in Jesus. It is an exciting day here at Trevecca Community Church. Karen, Dorota, Sherby, and Benjamin. Today you are becoming a part of a group of firsts. Did you know that? You're becoming a part of a group of firsts, the first fruits of God's salvation, the first among the citizens of the kingdom of God. You are going to be a part of this group of firsts. And it's not always easy being first. You know that? It's not always going to be easy being one of the firsts. And that's just because the rest of the world hasn't caught up with you yet. There might be times when your friends, your classmates, coworkers, or neighbors squint and look at you a little bit funny like they are looking at the Christmas house on Halloween Street. 
that might make you feel like something is wrong. But really, it's actually just that you are ahead of your time. So don't worry or be anxious because you will have the Holy Spirit to guide you and to fill you with the holy love of God. In fact, you can be so filled with the holy love of God that there simply is no room for sin and there is no room for the shame that the world might cast on you. Today, you are joining a great cloud of witnesses. And the story of the saints of God who are standing firm in Jesus Christ, you are joining that story today in these waters. You see, we are not a people who hold on to the traditions for the sake of the past. We are people who practice what tradition teaches us for the sake of God's future. Today, you are bearing witness to the fact that Jesus Christ is making you a new creation. A person, a new person is born out of these waters today. A person who is filled with the Holy Spirit to live like Jesus Christ the Son to the glory of God the Father. Earlier this morning, we confessed the Apostles' Creed. You confess your belief in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so, Karen, Dorota, Sherby, Benjamin, I ask you now, Will you be baptized into this faith? If so, say, I will. In fact, I'd like to ask if our baptismal candidates, if you would stand right where you are. Go ahead and stand. And standing, I'll ask you one more time. I believed you the first time. Will you be baptized into this faith? If so, say, I will. Do you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is your personal Savior and that he saves you now? If so, say, I do. I do. Will you obey God's holy will and keep God's commandments, walking in them all the days of your life? If so, say, I will. Amen. I want to invite you now to follow Pastor Jamin and Pastor Grace out these doors over here, and we cannot wait to celebrate with you what God is already doing in your lives. And at this time, as Pastor, come, Tim's, uh, Pastor Tim comes to lead us in a time of prayer, we continue in worship knowing what God has done in our lives. In just a moment, we are going to have the privilege of celebrating this feast of grace at God's invitation. It's something we've been doing for years, and it's something the people have been, of God have been doing for generations. It's a practice that we've lived into because this is the meal where we believe God meets us. And God has been meeting God's people for as long as there has been such a thing. God walked with the people in the wilderness. God heard the cries of the slaves and liberated these people, and God freed them for a purpose over generations. God has been with us for 80 years, freeing us, giving us an identity, sanctifying us, and giving us a purpose, and we thank God for this. What a good gift of God's grace. Let's pray together. Oh, gracious God, we thank you for the way that your faithfulness has endured from generation to generation. We thank you that you did not let your people be put down or put out, that you raised up a people, that you gave them a purpose, and that you have called them to be your chosen people. Fathers, you walked with the people through the wilderness. 
we recognize the provision that you continued to offer, the protection, the sustenance that made a way for them to be used by your hand. And oh, gracious God, as we come to this 80th birthday of ours, we look back over every year that we have walked with you as your people and recognize your hand guiding us, providing us for us, sustaining us, not just simply so we could get to this point and say, aren't we great? But we can look back and say that you have given us a purpose and we as your people are responding here to you today with that purpose. Oh, gracious God, forgive us when we haven't had the courage to step into the future that you are offering to us. Forgive us when our vision has been too small for the things that you are doing in your world to make all things new. Give us a holy dose of your spirit, we ask, to enliven us and move us courageously into the future that you are giving to us. Give us dreams and visions that you've been pouring out from generation to generation, and then make us faithful to walk into that future, faithful to your Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon these elements that are gathered here. Pour out your Spirit upon the waters of baptism today as we begin to witness new creation breaking in in the lives of these four believers even now. In the same way that your spirit was hovering over the waters of the deep to stir up something new, would your spirit hover over these waters to begin a new work even now? And pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, your gathered body here. Send us into the world to make us faithful according to what it is that you have for us. Oh, don't let us be satisfied with just being in this building, oh God, but give us a holy purpose sanctify us through and through, not from only, but for your purposes in the world. And we will give you thanks and praise through the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. The communion servers are going to come now. You should know that inside of each of these trays, there's freshly baked bread and there is juice. If you would like to have gluten-free or allergy-free elements, there are sealed packages in each of the trays that you are welcome to have. We also have special communion servers assisting us today. I'm grateful that for 80 years, from generation to generation, there's been God's faithfulness to raise up the next generation, and we're participating in that today. These friends are the gifts of God for the people of God. This is where God meets us, and so my prayer today is that if God is meeting you in a new way today, that you can come to this table of grace you can receive these elements. You don't have to be a member of Trevecca Community Church either now or for the last 80 years to participate in this grace. But this, friends, is where God meets us. And so my request is that you take the bread and the cup and you place your faith in Jesus who is making all things new as you receive these elements. All has been made ready. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Come and receive this feast of grace. For my waking breath, 
for my daily bread I depend on you I depend on you for the sun to rise for my sleep Be my strength, my song in the night. 
be my all, my treasure, my prize. I am yours forever, you're mine. Draw me close and teach me to abide. Let's sing that chorus again. You're the way, the truth, and the life. You're the way, the truth, and the life. You're the well that never runs dry. I'm the branch and you are the vine. Draw me close and teach me to abide. Be my strength, my song in the night. Be my all my treasure, my prize. I am yours forever, you're mine. Draw me close and teach me to This feast of grace, God is with us. It's really good for us to remember that on the night that Jesus was given over for betrayal, he was with his disciples. They're celebrating the Passover of God being with the people. Jesus took the bread and when he had given thanks for it, he said, this is my body that is given for you. Every time you do this, remember me, take and receive. After supper, Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks for it. He said, this is my blood. It establishes a new covenant. Every time you do this, remember me. Take and receive. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. I'm Karen Danny Cadet. This is my testimony. This is the story of what God did for me. On August 8, 2021, my stomach was hurt. Mom gave me some tea, but the tea did not help. I went to school and it really hurt. And I went to school and I will, I'm sorry. At last day, I'm going to school, but the second day, at the school, I couldn't do it anymore. So my mom picked me up from school. Then we went to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. They did a lot of tests and found cancer. I had neuroblastoma stage four. The doctor said I had a 50-50 chance I would live and die. God chose for me. He chose for me to live. After a lot of treatments, 
There was no cancer found in my body. It was tough, but God threw it with me. Now I am a survivor. Look at what God did for me. This is the end. Thank you so much, brothers and sisters. God bless you. Yeah, on your knees, that's great. They're clapping for you, Karen, and I can't wait to know you. You are a brave young woman, you know that? <laughs> and now, Karen, it is my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> there you go. We are so proud of you. We celebrate with you going to meet Pastor Grace right here. Dorota, such an honor to be with you today. This is Dorota's testimony. I was born with autism. I wasn't able to speak until I was 10 years old. Doctors would tell my mother that I would be nonverbal, but God knew I would soon be able to communicate with the world around me. Every step in my life, the world has never treated me indifferently because God has always watched over me. My little sister had cancer and it gave me a sense of emptiness. God healed my sister and she came home right. again and she was healthy. Thanks be to God that my life has been guided and that I was always on the right path. is beautiful. Your testimony is beautiful. It is beautiful. Your testimony is beautiful, and we're excited to baptize you today, Dorota. And so, Dorota, it's my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You're a winner. This is the testimony of Sherby Cadet. For as long as I could remember, I have always had to be strong. I always put others before needs before my own. I became depressed in 2020, but I always showed myself as happy. I had felt a shock of missing my classmates in school during quarantine. But I was able to return to school in 2021. But I lost contact with my sister, and whenever I saw her again, she would look like she was in pain. Seeing her like that way, in that way, made my heart ache. 
I didn't want my parents to feel the way I felt, so I strengthened them even though I was not strong myself. I invested my feelings into making good grades. In 2021, I was very lonely. I felt lonely whenever my sis sister was in the hospital. God was there for me. When I cried privately, God was there to comfort me. I am blessed to know Jesus died on the cross for our sins and that I don't have to be strong because God will always be with me. My sister is now home and healed from cancer. I am free to rest and live on in Christ. Sherby, it is my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father. This is the testimony of Benjamin Thomas Wentworth. I grew up knowing God, who God was, but not knowing God. It wasn't until recently when I really knew God. A few months ago, I really doubted God in his existence. I got scared of the future and what was next. I started to read my devotional book, and that's when I stumbled across this verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This verse taught me that I can't always trust my own opinion and other people knew way more than me about God. Somehow, I found another way to doubt him. I thought that it was impossible for Jesus' miracles to happen because, well, they just couldn't. That's when I heard something in the back of my head that said, I'm not human. I felt God speak to me in that moment. It just stuck with me and then it hit me. There is no God but our God. I want to be baptized to show my love for God. I want him to know that I am fully committed to him. I am grateful for my parents, grandparents, youth leaders, and my pastors for walking with me on this journey and showing the way to Jesus. Benjamin, on this day, 12 years, well, not on this day, but 12 years ago, around the same time in the same place, your mom and I baptized, or we dedicated you, dripped some Jordan River water on you, and gave you to the Lord, knowing that, it's, or hoping and praying at some point you would come to your own realization of who Jesus is in your life, and so proud of you this day to fulfill this, and knowing that the provenient grace of God goes with you in that relationship with Jesus Christ. We're proud of you, buddy. Love you. You ready for this? All right. <laughs> Benjamin Thomas Wentworth, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you. 
Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us on campus next week, we have discipleship classes beginning at 9 a.m. followed by service at 10.30. That service will be streamed to Facebook Live. We hope to see you there.